We are less than a week away from the year's first major. Welcome to TC Live as we lead you up to live action in Auckland at the top of the hour. The final week of preparation for players before the Australian Open. A lot to break down today. Here's what's on the way. The United Cup had all the drama. Match points up, match points saved, and a thrilling finish in mixed doubles between Poland and Germany. Plus a perfect start to the new year for Coco Gauff. Here from the top-ranked American after she went back-to-back -back for the first time in her career. And there was no shortage of hot shots during the first week of the season. It's the highly anticipated, often imitated, but never duplicated initial edition of Best of the Best coming up on TC Live. Last week of the Aussie Open tune-up events getting underway. Top of the hour on Tennis Channel T2 and TC+. Plus. Americans Marco Skirone, J.J. Wolf, Danielle Collins, Chris Eubanks, and more all in action. Plus, we've got the return of Paula Bedosa and Gael Monfils. Come on into the studios. Great to have you here with us once again on TC Live. Steve Weissman, Prakash Amitraj. And speaking of returns, Monica Puig, the golden girl, back with us straight off the plane and onto the desk. Great to see you, Monica. I mean, what can I say? When you are sitting next to the guys who literally in week two of the year are competing already with who has the best suits, who has the best hair, Prakash, I'm, I'm really surprised that you haven't gotten a hair gel sponsor yet. Yeah, listen, the, the amount that I use in there, I've been told by uh, our lovely producers that I do need a cut, so I need to clean it up. Apparently, this, uh, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't tight Nose enough. Nose of man bun? No, nah, listen, there are certain things I can pull off, and the man bun is, uh, is not one of them. Monica, but you gotta, you got to tell us how you've been. You're finally gracing us with that beautiful smile here on our TC Live stage. Have you, how has it been being an iron woman? I like it a lot. Yeah? I'm, you know, we all got to get racing sometime soon. Okay. So um, who's going to swim? Who's going to bike? Who's going to run? I'm staying on land, so I'll either bike or run. Okay. In, in, Indians don't swim. We, <laughs> ju we just sink. Okay, so. so I have the easiest job then. So you guys make my job very easy. Perfect. That's, That's yeah. a good right. teamwork. You yeah. want to run or you want to bike? Uh, a bike. You'll bike? Okay. I, I can rest my, my booty <laughs> on, the, on the seat. <laughs> so I don't have to rest <laughs> We've got our squad. We're, we are ready to go. We're ready. Before we get to the highlights from a championship Saturday, the biggest story in tennis overnight, Ralph Nadal saying he will not play the Australian Open because of the injury he suffered in Brisbane. Put this out on Twitter. It says he has a micro tear on a muscle. The good news, it's not in the same part where he had the injury. However... He is not able to compete at the maximum level. He said his goal is to be at his best level in three months. Also added that with the sad news, it's not very bad news, and they all remain positive for the evolution of the season. But no Rafa in Melbourne. Monica and Prakash will react to that news later in the show. But now we dive into Championship Saturday and all the big-time matches starting in Sydney, United Cup Final, Poland and Germany. Iga Swiatek on a mission, Monica, had all the answers against Angie Kerber. I mean, she's picking up right where she left off from winning that WTA uh, Finals title, and she just does not slow down. It seems like she's everywhere in the court all at once against Angie Kerber, which is a game that suits Iga very well, doesn't really overwhelm her with a lot of power, so Iga can get a lot of balls back and kind of work her way around the court. She looks like she put in some work in the gym significantly this offseason, looking really sharp on the legs, and we can definitely see that here when Kerber hits the drop shot, just tremendous anticipation, gets to the ball with so much ease. And, I mean, I hate to say it, but um, the Iga bakery is 
well in business, and I, I don't remember any time that I've seen anybody pick up this many 6-0 sets, so she is on fire starting the year. One of the last nine games of the match. Now it's won 16 straight, dating back to last season. So that puts Poland just one win away from taking the cup. Alexander Zverev must-win situation for Germany against Hubie Hercotch. Came in 2-0 against him. This one was wild, Prakash. It was wild. It was a, it was a very high-quality affair. Barely any breaks to serve. Only one for Zverev in the entire match. Hubie got off to a great start here. You can see a ton of frustration from Zverev. Hubie takes that first set. Had double match point here in the second. Check this out. Massive serve. Backhand middle of the court. You gotta do a little bit more with that. Not enough with the volley either. Zverev just clips it in. And with those chances in his mind, perhaps that's playing on his mind because Hubie got a little tight on the next one. Oh, you don't want to see that, Weissman. Shanks the backhand out. Get the set point for Zverev. And again, Hubie, pretty mild-mannered, but uh, considering the opportunities he had to close things out for Poland, misses that, lets the racket fly. Zverev looking calm, cool, and collected. Heading into that third set, gets a crucial break, only break of the match, never faced any break points the entire match on his serve. That's how exceptionally he served. It's a little too strong. End of the day, three-hour affair. Mm. Saved those two match points when nearly 90% of his first serve points pushes the final to mixed doubles. And Zverev would once again team up with Laura Sigmund against that top duo of Sviantec and Hercotch. Fitting Prakash to have the United Cup decided in mixed. Uh, oh, Watchman, like I said uh, this week, I'm loving this format. Everything coming down to the end here. It was Poland down to break early in that first set. Zverev the one doing a little bit more control at the net, crossing, creating more opportunities for Germany. Sigmund doing what she does up at the net. She's always a bit more strong up at the net. Second set, though, they got down a little bit. Poland found their way in. Sigmund getting stuck at the baseline, not where she wants to be, but they turned it around right away. Zverev and Sigmund getting right back on the horse finding their way into the net, showing what they do. Check out this nice hands from Sigmund here, cupping around the volley. That's where she's most effective. Zverev taking a page out of her book right away and using a little bit of network on its own to see things for Germany. That was big time right there. Third straight day, Zverev and Sigmund win a deciding mixed doubles match. Germany wins its first ever United Cup. Let's go inside the press room. I feel like this format, especially the last three days where, you know, I had to play six matches in, um, in three days' time, it's probably even more difficult than in slam, to be honest, because, you know, in a slam, yes, you, you might be playing five sets, but you always have a, a day in between and you always kind of get the recovery. Physically, it, it, it is a very difficult event, for sure, but, um, yeah. To be honest, this trophy makes it all worth it, and I think winning it with this team makes it all worth it, so we're happy about that. Difficult than a slam? I, I don't know. I've never done either one, so who knows? Uh, Monica, obviously, we've been talking about this all week long. You've been watching it. What's your big takeaway from the United Cup? I think it's a great event, especially for players to kind of get their toes wet, get ready for the season without the pressure of really needing to win a big title. It has that Davis Cup feel. It has that Fed Cup feel where you're in a team environment. We don't really have a lot of those on the tour, so anytime that you can kind of you know, be with your friends, be with the team, feel supported and not feel completely alone out there. I think it's a great way to start the year without really needing to say, hey, I need to be at my best and win a title right now. L listening to those two lovely opinions here from Sasha Zverev and Miss Monica Puig, I'm going to have to agree with you. 
over Sasha. I, I definitely think a slam puts a lot more uh, strenuous pressure on you the entire time. Physically, sure, there's less time to bounce back here, but best out of five sets in a slam, definitely a different kettle of fish. And exactly as you said, Monica, it's, it allows them to be relaxed but still get those pressure reps, which is exactly what you want for a slam. You, it, it's different than a practice court. There's still a lot at stake, and you immediately get thrust into that mixed doubles atmosphere mm -hmm. where every serve, every return means so much. So I think you're ready for the slam, but uh, not too much wear and tear on the body. Spectacular event overall. Sasha Zverev, definitely big takeaway for him. Iga Sviantec yep. didn't lose a match. Alex Dimonor. Heading into his home slam on fire. Player of the United Cup for me. I mean, you, you take out uh, Fritz, Zverev, and Djokovic, and you get into the top ten. First since yeah. Leighton Hewitt, 2006. Massive event for him. Love to see that. All right, let's move on. Coco Golf looking to repeat as the champ in Auckland, Monica. Exciting final against Alina Spitalina. Spitalina looking for her second title since coming back from maternity leave. First set, extremely close. I mean, Coco has been looking incredibly strong, fit. She put in the work this offseason, and despite all of that, she had the lead, and Spitalina is that type of player who will work for every single point and really make you work to win the match and Coco has been showing tremendous mental resolve and that's one of the best things that she improved in her 2023 season that led her to win her first Grand Slam title at the U.S. Open. We can see it here. Had the lead in that first set, didn't really get down, is just powering her way through the court, using that transition that she does so well, also a very accomplished doubles player. And we can just see Coco looking a lot fitter. She did her homework in this offseason. She knew exactly what she needed to do. A lot of people are expecting really big things from Coco after winning that first Grand Slam title. And she wasted no time in the first tournament of the year, backing up exactly what she did last year and winning this in three sets. And you can see what this means to her going into the first slam of the year where you might be a heavy favorite. Absolutely. Love to see that fire out of Coco Golf. Defends her title to start the year with that big trophy. We see the road to the title. Listen, past two years has only dropped one set at this tournament. That is how good. Maybe even more impressive that she was able to come back in the final against Fidelina. Seventh title overall since 2000. Only two teenagers have won more. Let's hear from Coco Goff. This is my first time ever having to defend a title, um, so uh, really happy that I was able to do it today. Uh, I'd like to congratulate Alina, oh there you go, sorry, and your team um, for an incredible week. Um, what you do being a mom and coming back at so fast and at such a high level is pretty inspiring and um, hope, hopefully never, not anytime soon, I'll be able to do it like you did. <laughs> hopefully never. Comma, not anytime soon. Maybe, <laughs> eventually. I don't know. Maybe, uh, nah. <laughs> we love Coco. Uh, what, what's your biggest takeaway from her run to the title this week? You know, it reminds me of a scene from um, uh, one of the Rocky movies where, where they're talking about it, and it, Apollo says there's a difference between being a great fighter and someone who fights great. And I, I think Coco, she's shown over the last few years, she can play great. She can play great at exceptional moments. But I think this is the year we see her transition into becoming a great player where she just sort of embodies this ability to play at that champion level all the time. Even there, when you saw her with the trophy smiling at the end, it just looked like something that was natural on her. It wasn't like an exceptional week. It was just, I went out there, did my job, did what I was supposed to do. So I think even more consistently than we've seen her, we're going to see her playing at the highest levels and consistently cha challenging for Grand Slams. Well, I mean, she's really been in there really since she was 14 years old. So that mental maturity has been developing over time. And I can just see a different Coco, especially at the U.S. Open, being down in so many different situations and just being kind of stone-cold face. Just, it happens. 
I'm losing. I need to find a way to come back and win. And I think Brad has really helped her with that. But like we were talking about in the breaks, physically, she looks a lot stronger. She is ready to compete for these big titles consistently and win them and just say, hey, I'm the favorite in this tournament. That doesn't scare me at all. I'm just going to go out and do it. Yeah. And that's what she did in Auckland. A title to start the year for Coco Golf, just like she did last year, heading into the Australian Open with a whole lot of confidence. we got a lot more still to come here for you on TC Live. More championship matches from yesterday. A rare development overnight in Brisbane that caught everyone by surprise. All the details straight ahead on TC Live. Monica Prakash, Steve, back on TC Live. To Hong Kong we go. Andre Rublev starting the year with some fireworks. Takes the title over Emil Rusevori, 6-4, 6-4. Rublev said, I think I played at a high level. It will give me more confidence for the Australian Open. Looking to make it past a quarterfinal at a major for the first time this year. About his 15th title, 10th on the hard courts. Meantime, over in Brisbane, the women's final between the top two seeds. Arena Sabalenka, Elena Rabak, and a rematch from the Aussie Open last year, Monica. We're going to be seeing these girls contest in a lot more finals, but honestly, I was very surprised with the scoreline here because... I thought this was going to be a lot closer than it actually was. Rubakina is a player that we don't talk about her very much because she quietly makes her way through the draws. You know, she has been Grand Slam Finals, Grand Slam winner in Wimbledon. And I thought Sabalenka was honestly going to take this one. But Rubakina just showing why she is so dangerous, just hitting all corners of the court, looking extremely confident. And her serve is just usually always on point. And she wins the title. No celebration, no nothing. I'm like, give me something. Give me something. Give me a, a tear. Just one tear. You know, Prakash, where was the little tear? Yeah, that's a grin. That's a grin. <laughs> Let me see some teeth. You that's want a the, title, girl. That's the emoji without the, without the teeth. Without the teeth. Meantime, Gregor Dimitrov looking for his first title since 2017, taking on Holger Runa. There is a reason, Prakash, why Dimitrov has more wins in Brisbane than any other player in tournament history. Uh, I, I can say prettiest player on tour, the way he strikes that ball, and I, I really think playing the best tennis of his entire career. He's added different elements to his game. I think his backhand is looking stronger than it ever has. He, he, he's a little bit more uh, full of intention when he uses that slice, and even when he comes over it, his passing shots are just working a lot better than they ever have. I think he's just finding a lot more self-belief in that shot, which has proved to be a little bit of a weakness in the past. 77% won on the first serve, didn't get broken the entire match, gets the one crucial break there in the seventh game of that second set. This was a very long rally on match point. Grigor keeping his focus all the way through. Lovely touch here to seal things. And Steve, in my opinion, a big statement win to be able to come out and beat Holger in a final like this. That is huge for Dimitrov. The only bad news is parents had to leave the final early to catch a flight home. But Dimitrov could be flying back into the top 10 for the first time in six years. He's up to 13 in the world. Straight ahead, best of the best, week one, 2024. The shots, the points, the reactions that you do not want to miss. Top of the hour, we've got live tennis for you. Don't go anywhere. About 10 minutes away from live tennis in Auckland, Marco Skirone playing his first match of the 2024 season for his first win since October in Tokyo. Monica going to be on the call with Leif Shires for that one. Looking forward to it. Giron and Altmaier. 
Garone, poised to have his best season. Here are the best of the best from week one. Incredible! Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's an amazing point. That's just big hitting there. Mark that down for best of the best. Entering the social net, back to our top story, Rafa Nadal pulling out of the Aussie Open with a muscle tear. Monica, what was your reaction when you heard about this news? I mean, it's it makes everybody sad. It makes the whole tennis world sad, but it's not really a surprise. Uh, when you're coming back from an injury, you start compensating for a billion things. I hurt my shoulder compensating for an elbow injury. So your body tries to find ways to feel strong, and Rafa, that relies a lot on his physicality, well, the body had an answer. Rafa's not the kind of guy who, who dwells on the past. It, it, it is what it is. So I think he's just shifting his focus, obviously, to the clay court season. And, and look, he's done this so well over the last 20 years. Control what you can control. So right now, it just goes back into rehab. Can I prepare myself to have a few matches in before the French? I, think, I, I really don't think he's thinking past that. And you take it one day at a time. How important do you think the Olympics, Monica, the golden girl, to, uh, to Rafa Nadal being able to play that maybe one more time? I mean, there's no greater joy than representing your country. I think, you know, that's something near and dear to his heart. He's going to try everything he can with his team. You know, he has hundreds of people looking out for him, so he's going to try and be there. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's what the body says, and you have to listen to that. He's not getting any younger. The body takes more time to recover. So let's just hope that, you know, he has a pretty solid plan in place until then. 
And I think at this stage, with last year missing it and, and having a child now, just the perspective is very different. So as opposed to thinking, oh man, I'm going to really focus on these next five years on tour, he is, he's certainly already thinking about how he's going to transition into that next phase where I perhaps want to say this very special goodbye. Will it be at the French? Will it be at the Olympics? So I think all of that is going to get is going to get weighed in and, and hopefully we'll um, we'll have some leeway to be able have to have him, him here involved. with us. Oh, yeah. At some point. I, I, absolutely. I mean, listen, we, we got to be able to have a nice amount of time to show him all the love he deserves before he, he inevitably says goodbye. And, and the good news, he says this muscle tear not related to the injury that he had the surgery on last year. The plan was always three months. He looked really good in those first couple of matches, even in that third match before he suffered the injury. So wish him all the best, speedy recovery, and look forward to seeing him back on court very soon. Well, we've got you covered all week long, heading up to the Australian Open. TC Live back with you 5.30 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Live action in Auckland, Hobart, Adelaide, and second serve over on T2 as well. More after this. Welcome back to TC Live. We are counting down the days to the Australian Open. TC Live has you covered every single day, 5 p.m. Eastern. It is your only two-hour pregame show. A trio of Hall of Famers, Martina Navratilova, Lindsay Davenport, Jim Courier. We'll join myself and John Wertheim. All kinds of guests, highlights, predictions, and more. Cannot wait to kick off TC Live at the Australian Open on Saturday. That's right. We don't even have to have a date. It's just Saturday. It's like on the way. <laughs> A reminder, it went down late last night, early in the morning, United Cup final. And this was so cool to see mixed doubles have such an important role, Monica, on the tennis court. I mean, you can see it in Laura Sigmund's face. She won the WTA finals in doubles, an accomplished doubles player. So you see what it means to Iga. I mean, we rarely see her cry as it is, but lots of smiles there from Team Germany. They take it 2-1. By the way, Iga Sviantek still uh, the Polish sports person of the year. Second straight year, she won that. QB was seventh on that list. Uh, featured matches that are coming up just moments away. It'll be Marcos Giron, former NCAA champ from UCLA. Uh, then we got more college tennis flavor. How about J.J. Wolf in action? Played at Ohio State. Danielle Collins at Virginia. Chris Eubanks at Georgia Tech. I mean, it just goes on and on. And uh, Prakash, I know you're looking forward to the return of Paula Bedosa. Yeah, I certainly am. I mean, look, she was pretty open last year about how, how so much time away was, was brutal on her mentally. And, you know, I, I love it. I love it when players are very open, kind of take us into their journey, because you don't really realize how much strain this 12-month schedule really puts on you mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So I think I think she's got a lot more fans that are invested in her comeback now. She's she's one half of a of an it couple on the tour. So <laughs> maybe Sitsadosa, there's even more investment there. And um, and yeah, can't wait to see what uh, what she's able to do. Absolutely. Uh, the first match that we've got is going to be Marco Skiron. But let's talk a little bit about Danielle Collins, who's playing for the first time this year against Elisa Mertens, who's a two-time champ at that event. Yeah, I mean, you have to see it this way. Danielle Collins, she loves playing down under. She's had great results in Australia. You know, not a lot of pressure on her right now. She's playing against the number one seed, Elise Mertens, who has been playing really well on the doubles court and the singles court. You know, I think it's just for Danielle to kind of clear the head and just say, hey, this is a new clean slate for me. I don't have the pressure. Let me just go out there and see what I can do. Chris Eubanks, our own Tennis Channel fam, beginning his season. He is going to be in a big match today. He just They just announced he's going to be on the Davis Cup team Love for it. Team USA. That, that's Deserves it. For Big Banks as well. And uh, to back up a season like he had last year, what, what are you expecting early on? Well, now now will be a real test. But, you know, it was interesting. We uh, chatted a little bit with Chris towards the end of the year about this. 
he, you know, this success coming for him at sort of a, a little bit of a latter stage in his career, not coming at 20, 21 years old when you haven't matured and, and you can't quite handle all the money, all the fame, all the different accolades that are coming your way. He's got such a good head on him and, and uh, he spent a lot of time with us here at the TC desk. So he's been able to have that outside perspective looking in on the game. I think all of that is sitting really well with him to actually follow up with just a strong, if not better, year. Yeah, I was really excited to see what he did. It, he, like we were saying, he's very smart. He's calm, cool, and collected. Doesn't really show a lot of emotions out there, but you know that he puts his heart and soul into everything. Very hard worker. He lives not too far from me. He uh, was uh, he played doubles with my husband at Georgia Tech. So nice. they you know they know each other's games. There's a lot of witty banter. A lot of you know. A lot of stuff well, going on there. It's all in the family. Well, let, let us not let Big Banks forget. He yeah. sat with us here on yeah. the desk in December. We talked about his next year. We did the predictions for next year, and we said at least a 500 title. Yeah. Right? At least. Or better than quarter I said why not, why, so. why not more? Well, why can. not more? So, so let's just make sure that's, that's on the show today, so it just doubles down for Big Banks. And huge opportunity, by the way, because remember, it, it was in Miami that he cracked yep. the top 100 right. for the first right. time. So right. this beginning of the year... Uh, I think big things are coming. And, Points when, he's make, working, yeah. and when he's working and, and commentating for some matches and actually playing the tournament, he does his best. So Right. That is very true. Get back on the desk in between, Big Banks. Multi-talented superstar. He is a multi-talented superstar, absolutely. Speaking of superstars, we, we've got Gal Monfils in action. He was cheering on Alita Svitolina in the final yesterday, and now it's going to be the reverse happening later today. I mean, he is just... He can do those things. He has this persona about him that it's like, okay, I do this today. Now I get into business and I do my thing. He, he can turn it off, which is something that not a lot of tennis players know how to do. And especially supporting his wife. They push each other. Um, and it's really great to see. Well, there is the quad father himself, Marcos Giron, coming onto the court, taking on Daniel Altmaier. I know he puts in the hard yards both in the gym and on the court, Prakash. Yeah, he certainly does. Could we call him Quad Father? Are there any any other candidates out there on the tour that uh, that could get close? I mean, might look, be JJ Wolf. Well, JJ Wolf certainly. He maybe Mass. He's got he's got the the victory, but okay. I think Holger Holger's got that teardrop going a little bit more. He'd be pulling up his shorts. He's got the, short shorts. Shorts. Oh, the, the shorts. Marcos. By the way, by the way, he does. He does. Ba he does. Baby <laughs> oil in Miami. I saw too. He's making his legs. Holger. Yes. Baby oil? Yes. That's like him in the gym. Yeah, Patrick was teasing him about it and everything. Coming out with the baby oil, he's like, what are you doing, man? He's out of my book. But you know what? I'm not mad at the kid. You know what? He probably saw Grigor. He probably saw these guys. He probably he's saw like, you. Well, you know, he may have seen he's me. He's like, I want to be like him. Well, he's probably thinking, where's my underwear deal? You know, I'm top ten of the world. Continue this conversation in the booth with Leif Shiras. <laughs> Thanks for watching TC Live, everyone.